Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. People are stupid. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial 424. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And joining us again this week is Mark. Welcome back, Mark. How you doing? Hey, everyone. It's good to have you doing back. Well. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Did, you, did you get your Chick-fil-A fix in while I was gone? <laughs> what? <laughs> I wish. I've actually had a craving for it, but now I have not. Would you uh, go to the one in Atlanta and have a hot brown with me? Sure. And any time. Oh, that thank like a plan you. To me. Andrew, I don't appreciate you hitting on my boyfriend like that. <laughs> you can just calm it down. Mark and I haven't even shared a hot brown yet, so let's just pump the brakes, okay? We're going to need video of one of us eating a hot brown now. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I wanted to mention uh, The Incredibles 2 right at the start of the show here. It did really well. Over the weekend, it made a, over $180 million, which blew away box office expectations. And now it's in the top 10 in terms of best opening weekends ever. Probably because it was a sequel to a movie that came out 14 years ago. Did you two, did you three like the original that came out all those years ago? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. great. And yet, these three haven't seen it yet. But I just wanted to say that. I really it it was a thrill. Um, the audience was so excited <laughs> going into it, and I imagine that's what a lot of theaters were like. And <laughs> the audience literally burst into applause when Edna Mode came back. <laughs> <laughs> She's just fantastic. But um, anyway, it was really good. It made me wonder though, what's everybody's favorite Pixar movie? Laura, what's yours? I'm gonna say Coco. I saw that recently, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. So that's got to be it. How about you, Mark? Ooh, um, probably either Toy Story or Wally. Wally was pretty, pretty cute. Yeah, I gotta say, Wally is every time time I see somebody going around on a Segway, I think about Wally. That's just <laughs> so lazy to me. Like, actually, fucking move your legs instead of using wheels to move around. I, I mean, some people can't. Andrew. No, come on, on a Segway? No, yeah. If you can stand up on a Segway, like, if you can't move your legs, they have, like, those, like, actual scooter things for you. Right. Makes more sense. Or, you know, a wheelchair. Yeah. I'm just uncomfortable with painting with such a broad brush. You you don't know. (laughs) I mean, imagine if you saw Professor X on a Segway. You'd be like, get out of there, Charles. Get back in get back in your wheelchair. I would be terrified if I saw him on a Segway. (laughs) He'd fuck us all up. Yeah. It's just so lazy. And I feel like most people on Segways are just trying to show off that they have this cool technology that, by the way, killed the creator of the Segway. 
in the crater. Are you okay with like skateboards then and like scooters? Um, see, but those like sco- well, because scooters are like running rampant in San Francisco right now. It's a problem. What kind of scooters? The the gas- electric scooters. Oh, hmm. They're like the new city bikes. Hmm. hmm. Uh, see, that's like a car to me. That's fine. But segways, I feel, replace walking short distances. And that's unacceptable to me. And by the way, I wasn't joking. In 2010, the creator of the Segway died from his injuries, apparently sustained from falling from a cliff while riding his own product. (laughs) That's just irony at its finest. (laughs) They should have went out of business that day. I feel like somebody should make a vine about that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Pam, what's your favorite Pixar movie? Um, I well, that's a good question. I think probably Toy Story. It's classic. It makes you feel all the things. It's like I don't know how I feel about Toy Story four, but like the three as a trilogy, what we have out now, it's just really well done. Like yeah. that whole story arc. Yeah, is great. I I will say Toy Story three is actually my favorite movie. I was ready to walk out of the theater when they were all heading towards that incinerator. <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh, the feels. I really thought they were going to kill him. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, it looks like the number one. So we did a poll on patreon.com slash millennial asking what everybody's favorites are. Um, Toy Story and Finding Nemo were tied for first place. In second place mm. was Monsters, Inc. In third place was Inside Out, which would probably be my number two. That movie got way too real for me. <laughs> um and Coco was number four. That's good. Mm. I, I'm surprised Up isn't on like higher on there. I feel like Up yeah. is everyone's jam. That's a good one. That that, yeah. that hits you in the feels. Anybody get hit in the feels by this new Beyonce and Jay Z album that surprise dropped? I thought it was pretty good. Although I I feel like as a narrative, I think I well I need to spend more time with it to like make up my full opinion. But I feel like as a as a narrative, Lemonade is way better and this is kind of more like Beyonce featuring Jay-Z in my opinion. I feel like she shines more but like she should because it's Beyonce she's like basically the queen of the universe but I do think it was really um it's pretty eye-opening because they're really interesting in terms of like celebrities and they do a really great job of controlling the narrative that goes out into the public about like them and their family and stuff like that to the point where like most people will not believe something unless it comes from like Beyonce and Jay-Z's mouths, you know? So if you really want like a good look at, at how they view their life um, and the contrast of like where they came from versus where they are now, then I would say like, if you don't want to spend time with this album, maybe listen to, or like read through some of the lyrics because they're pretty honest about um, the life that they live. And I appreciate the honest candor as like, a rap album, it doesn't really excite me as much melodically as some of the other artists I listen to. Like, I'm a really big fan of Anderson Pac, which is, it's kind of hard to like compare the two because Pac is more like a West Coast based rapper. And, and this is like thoroughly embedded in like, um, there's like a lot of like trap influences and like um, in the new Beyonce Jay Z album and stuff like that. Just that's just based on like the producers that they worked with and stuff. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think that as like a a peek into the lives of the Carters, it's super intriguing. 
the the lives that they're letting us see anyway. Yeah, like, exactly. Could be real, but... but like that's all we're gonna ever get because, right. like I said, they're really good at controlling the narrative of their family. Yeah. So here's a uh, part of their new song, Ape Shit. Get off my dick, Mark. God. <laughs> that music Sorry, video was geez. shot in the Louvre, by the way. That's cool. Oh. I wonder if Lord is super jealous. Closed it down. She couldn't She yeah. couldn't get the Louvre. <laughs> it, it was cool that they surprise dropped the album. I'm, I'm always impressed by how that can be done in this day and age. But the music, just not for me personally. E3 happened this past week. I gotta say, wasn't that blown away by Nintendo's presentation, though. They did unveil a new Mario Party called Super Mario Party, and it actually looks really damn good. So, I kind of agree in terms of quantity. Uh, Nintendo didn't really have a bunch of stuff. They released, or they announced Smash, which looks amazing, because everyone's in it. Like, everybody who's ever been in a Smash game ever. Is in it, which people are super happy about that. But I actually went through and kind of got the big uh, announcements from each person's press conference. Just doing a quick little wrap up. Uh, EA's press conference. No one really cared. I mean, it was mostly just. I mean, not really. I mean, no one, it was it was FIFA and like you know Madden, which if you like those games, you're going to buy them anyway. So it doesn't really matter what they're doing for the new one. Um, people were basically just waiting to hear more of Anthem, which is going to be like the new destiny type mmo game you play with your friends and everyone has these cool iron man suits you fly around in and it's open world yeah it looks pretty it looks pretty cool so people are pretty excited about that ea has a really bad rap of over monetizing things and like all these dlc you have to pay for and like pay to win so most of the press conference was just them saying that they're not doing that. Like everything you buy in the game is cosmetic. So there's nothing you buy in the game that you need to buy to win. Uh, if you buy something, there's no loot boxes. Like you know what you're getting when you buy it. So it was just them kind of, you know, trying to set the record straight, which I kind of appreciate. Uh, surprisingly, I got to say, at all their um, uh, press conferences, I think Microsoft surprised people the most because I went into that press conference expecting nothing like you know oh new halo you know i guess or whatever microsoft is doing but they announced halo they announced gears of war 5 which people love they um announced ori uh and the blind forest 2 which people really like they announced a new doom game which people really like and they announced devil may cry 5 which i am really happy about because i played that game back when i was in high school and it's been years so that they've been quite on that front for a really long time so it, it, I, I don't think it was amazing. It wasn't an amazing press conference, but it was very surprising because they presented yeah. more than I thought they were going to present. And Sony did a great job. They had uh, more things about Spider-Man, uh, more information about Last of Us 2. Uh, Sucker Punch is making a new uh, period piece game in feudal Japan called uh, The Ghost of Tsushima, I think it's called. Tsushima. And where you're like a one of the last samurais and the Mongols are uh, t- 
taking over Japan. So Sony was Sony was pretty good. There wasn't that many like Resident Evil was the only thing that was new that they showed. Everything else was just more information on games you already knew was coming. So there wasn't that much surprise factor there. Like this E3 was really good, but there wasn't much like wow, I had no idea that was coming. It was just more information about things that we kind of got hinted at in the distance. Like everybody knew Smash was going to be at E3. We just didn't know what it was going to be like. Right. Yeah, we got to look at it. And God, they did like a 30-minute video for that game. (laughs) I was kind of (laughs) bored. Yeah, because it's kind of crazy. Because like like I I play Smash competitively. And like like each iteration of Smash, they change people quite a bit. Which kind of sucks. Because if if you're like a Pikachu main. And then you go from, you know, Melee to Brawl. Which is Smash 2 and Smash 3. And Pikachu's different. Then you have to like learn all the new stuff that Pikachu can do in that game. So they basically just spent that whole time being like, this is the new version of Captain Falcon. Here's a new version of Bowser. Here's a new version of, you know, Link. And they just went through each person and, like, updated them all, which is cool. Which game do you think the the larger gaming community is the most excited about? Mm, out of everybody's press conference, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to say probably Pokemon. Because Pokemon has a huge following. Like, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from like you can just like if if you walk up to most people and say hey who's your favorite pokemon they'll probably have an answer you know like they'll probably know what you're talking about and have some character to answer and mm-hmm. the fact that they're bringing pokemon go functionality into this new pokemon game is a big deal because pokemon go basically took over the planet for like a month when it came out so it's not exactly for hardcore Pokemon gamers though, because it is mm-hmm. kind of a remake. But I know I'll mm-hmm. I'll be into it. And my brother's a big Pokemon fan, and he's very excited for it. So, it look, Nintendo's going to have like, quite a few great multiplayer games by the end of this year between Pokemon and Smash Bros. and Super Mario Party. I mean, Nintendo. It's the thing about Nintendo. Like, there some things Nintendo does. People are like, "Oh, why would you ever do that?" But they're really like business wise, they are really smart in some aspects because like. The first year the Switch came out, it was all about single-player games, like Breath of the Wild and Mario right. Odyssey, to to make people go out and buy their individual Switches. And now that there's, you know, millions upon millions of Switches out there because it's selling like crazy, now they're like, oh, now that every now all your friends have a Switch, now you should get Mario Party and Smash and but Pokemon. we lost all of our friends because we were so engrossed by Mario and Zelda Breath of the Wild. So now, so now just, we don't have friends to play these games with. That's why they're bringing you back together with Pokemon. <laughs> well, they're going to bring me into therapy or something because <laughs> I, I don't know how to resume having friends. <laughs> Mario, Mario is your friend now. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Mario Party sounds cool and all, but that means I have to have people over and that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Like when they when they showed you were like combining the switches together to make yeah. bigger screens. I'm like, that looks cool, but I don't know that many people with switches. So right. Yeah. To Reddit, I go. It is going to have online play, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. I might get competitive in Super Mario Party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a professional Mario Partier. Yeah. Very, very, uh, <laughs> very big turn on at the clubs. Uh, anyway, thanks, Mark, for updating us on E3. In today's show, we're going to update everybody on the situation down in Texas. It's been in the spotlight. We have a couple of angles to talk about and we're going to talk about a new study in which 
we find that more than half of millennials expect to become millionaires. <laughs> Wait, which millennials did they talk to for this? Uh, good question. <laughs> Lots ahead in today's episode. And Laura, you're going to kick it off. Yeah, that's right. As Andrew mentioned, we've got an update on the Casa Padre story we discussed a couple of weeks back. A few days ago, the first round of journalists to be allowed into the detention center tweeted photos and reactions One journalist, Jacob Soboroff, noted some really disturbing details um, from the first mural on the wall at the entrance being a portrait of Trump accompanied by a Trump quote saying, quote, sometimes losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war to being told by a Casa Padre employee to smile because the kids felt like, quote, animals in a cage being looked at. On top of this, we've learned in recent days that the administration plans on housing between 1,000 and 1,500 more children in tent cities to be housed on military bases around Texas. Proponents of this like to point out that these are that these tents are military grade air conditioned tents, as though tent cities are any place for children to live after being ripped away from their parents. On top of all this, Trump continues to blame Democrats for the familial separations happening on the border, despite the fact that Republicans control all three branches of government and that there is no law on the books saying that the government needs to separate migrant children from their parents upon arrival. Conservative lawmakers and prominent figures, namely Laura and Jeb Bush and Mitt Romney, finally spoke out against this atrocious behavior over the weekend. But thus far, the Democrat-sponsored Keep Families Together Act only has 39 sponsors in the Senate, and none of them are Republicans. But don't worry. Jeff Sessions and Sarah Huckabee Sanders have cited biblical passages to justify the administration's fascist behavior. And Oh my God, we actually have Attorney General Jeff Sessions here to join us today to share the pieces of scripture that best support the argument for putting children in cages. Jeff? Oh, oh hello, everybody. How's everybody today? <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> May the Lord be with you. W- would you like some of uh, my passages that I drew from the Bible? Please enlighten us. Sure, sure. Uh, so these passages are are read every day by our president donald trump and they are what inspires him to do the best job he can in the white house uh the first passage is as follows for the spirit god gave us does not make us timid but gives us power love and self-discipline to stand up for nazis that was timothy 1 7 uh this next one is corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted by the fruit, he will allow you to fuck porn stars while wife and child slumber at thy home. (laughs) Our next one. Our next scripture. In the morning, Lord, I hear a trio of voices. In the morning, I open my arms unlock my phone and tweet the good word of thy fox and thy friends <laughs> psalms 412 come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest in an overcrowded cage in the texas summer heat <laughs> matthew eleven twenty-eight. and final final scripture that our president adheres to fight the good fight of the faith 
take hold of the child who called to your country when they seek refuge and bring them to God's pearless seven-foot retrofitted Walmart gates. That was Timothy 6.12. Everybody say it with me. Amen. And a, and a big fuck you to Attorney General Jeff Sessions. <laughs> uh, he left. He had mass to attend. That's right. I'm sure he doesn't recall <laughs> any of this. <laughs> um, but I mean, as everyone at home, I'm sure, has seen in the news, this has been unfolding over the last couple of weeks. And it just seems to be getting worse as time goes on in terms of what we've learned about what has been going on and what the administration has planned moving forward. I wanted to take a second to get some reactions from everyone on the panel. I just think back to when Hillary called some of Trump supporters a basket of deplorables. This is the proof that we need. There are supporters out there who are following Trump's lead, including many within his administration, to cage these kids, to separate them from their families, is absolutely awful. And he's using it as a bargaining chip, Trump is. So, yeah, Trump and his supporters are deplorable. If you're falling for this shit, if you're falling for this Democrat blame, you're an idiot. (laughs) You are in that basket of idiots. Yeah. It just makes me sick to my stomach. Like, I, I, it's almost impossible to discuss. I'm so, I, if you're not upset about this, like, I, I don't, I feel sorry for you because clearly you have no ethics, no morals, nothing. I, how can you do this to anybody? I don't care where you come from, who you are. This is like, the fact that, there are people in this country that are okay with this and think this is okay is disgusting. Yeah. And what, what gets me is that anytime I see somebody arguing in favor of this, they immediately jump to the reaction of, well, if they don't want to be separated from their children, they shouldn't come here illegally. Which I mean, first of all, just clearly lacks any amount of empathy for other human beings. But secondly, it completely ignores the fact that it's not illegal to come to the United States and claim asylum. And they're separating children from asylum seekers, too. So it doesn't matter to them how you get here. If you're coming from south of the border, they're going to put you in jail and take your children from you. There have even been cases of people having their children separated from them. Those parents then being deported back to their origin countries without their kids. I think what is also getting lost here is why these people are coming here. They're coming here for a better life. They're not coming here to suck on the government tit. And when they do come here, they're working jobs that nobody else wants to, that don't pay well. But it's still better than where where they came from. Um, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when we're discussing this. Because a lot of people, I think, who side with Trump wrongly think that they're coming over here just for, you know, oh, let me live somewhere tax-free. That'll be perfect. Let me live somewhere uh, and and take advantage of other people. That's not what they're doing. They're just looking for a better life. Yeah, and by a better life, it's not necessarily just economic prosperity. I think a lot of people imagine that 
undocumented persons are here to just simply try and make more money. And while that certainly is a factor, there are people coming here from war-torn areas, areas of extreme poverty, where disease is rampant, where gang activity is rampant, where it's actually dangerous to live, where educational opportunities are severely lacking. There's some myriad of reasons why people would risk their lives to enter another country and leave everything that they knew behind. And you can't act like I want to ask every single person who is against this. I want to ask them if the tables were turned and you were living in these kinds of conditions, are you telling me that you wouldn't risk it to get your family into a country where they would have more chances? Yeah. Cause you would, anyone would. And also like, I mean, like, I think that also the idea of a better life, that that makes it sound so happy. But, like, people come here knowing they're going to have to work really hard. Nobody's coming here thinking under the guise that they're going to have, like, a desk job when they get here. These people are out there working for very little pay, super long hours, usually, like, in the hot heat, have no insurance, no health benefits, nothing. They're literally just coming here to work and hopefully provide for their families, you know? And a lot of times too, if they're trying to get citizenship with which most of them are, they're paying taxes anyway, because you want to be on good behavior. There's like a huge stark Mm -hmm. difference there. Yeah. And before I move on to our next story, I just wanted to leave us on this note, just to drive this home. A couple of weeks ago, when we discussed this, we talked about, um, undocumented people being incredibly vulnerable as a result of their status. And this just came out today. A Texas deputy has been accused of sexually assaulting a four-year-old girl and threatening to disclose her mother's immigration status in order to keep her from reporting it. Apparently, this four-year-old girl and her mother are related to this man. So not only is he in a position of authority and threatening people to have them deported, um, it's, he's doing it to his relatives. <clears throat> there was also a CNN poll out today. I thought this was interesting, seeing where the public stands on this, because this is definitely um, in the spotlight in in a way that no other Trump issue, I believe, has been before. And I will say that that it is nice to see so many people standing up against this. Because it is so terrible, of course, but it is nice to see the outpouring on both sides of people saying that Trump is wrong here, that this needs to be changed tomorrow by the Trump administration. Congress doesn't have to do it. Um, so overall, two-thirds of Americans oppose policy that causes family separation, but a majority of Republicans actually do approve. It looks like close to 60% of Republicans approve, while less than 5% of Democrats approve. So, Get in the basket, bitches. It's where <sighs> yeah, you belong. Yeah, yeah, deplorables. Hillary's been tweeting. She that has. Nice. That's been nice to see. Every time I see her tweet, I'm like, it could have been you. <laughs> could have been you, girl. <laughs> Did you get the email from Hillary with the subject line horrific earlier today? Oh, I get all of her emails. I thought I was in trouble, and then I saw it was from Hillary's. <laughs> Just a mailing list. Thank God. If only you had opened it up and it had been like, Andrew, 
I heard that you leave your garbage on the movie theater floor. (laughs) And now for a word from a new sponsor, Beta Brand. Beta Brand makes dress pant yoga pants the most comfortable pants you will ever wear to work. These are yoga pant fabric with dress pant detailing, including faux zippers, pockets, and buttons. So your boss will never know you're making everyday casual Friday. (laughs) And there are so many options to choose from, boot, cut, straight leg, crop leggings, and more. The great thing about these is they have selections for all shapes and sizes. I love my gray boot cut pair because unlike real dress pants, they don't ride up my ass all day, which is a definite plus. Regular dress pants can feel stiff and uncomfortable, but Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants are a game changer for the woman who wants to look like she's at work but feel like she's in pajamas. That's why I started wearing Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. Visit betabrand.com and use our code M-I-L-L to get 20% off yours. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work. That's betabrand.com, B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com and use our code M-I-L-L and get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. I'm a little jealous. I see they have a men's section too. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, they definitely have other products you can look into. Yeah, cool. Uh, on to our next story. So this is interesting. Let's let's pull the panel here first. Does anyone here think they are going to become a millionaire one day? That's a negative. Yeah, I think I'm like, going to be in crippling yep. debt for a very like long time. Like in real money, real money, <laughs> and not not uh, Mario money. Yeah, definitely not, not monopoly that. money. That's a, that's a hard no. <laughs> So, but that's interesting because according to a new study conducted by TD Ameritrade, 53% of millennials, defined here as between the ages of 21 and 37, expect to become millionaires. The survey was conducted over the course of a couple months earlier this year and garnered more than 1,500 respondents. Those 53% said they believe they become millionaires in their lifetimes with about 7% predicting it would happen by the time they turned 30. <laughs> 19% thought they would by age 40 and 16% by age 50. I have to say, like, at least people are that, f- they have that positive of an outlook on their life. Like, that's that's an ambitious goal, a good goal to have. Life is going to be hard. <laughs> life is just going to be hard for these people. Yeah. Because, I mean, statistically speaking, j- just based on that alone... That is way too optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Um, TD's chief market strategist, JJ Kinahan, says the results can be attributed to youthful exuberance and the plethora of success some of their peers have had hitting it big with startups in Silicon Valley, where jobs often come with stock options. <laughs> and once you get one of those at a Google or an Apple, you're pretty, you're pretty set. Or any of these social media websites... I know somebody who got a job at a social media behemoth, and he got a ton of stock. And I know he's just set for life. And I also know he's set for life because he always pays for dinner when I see him. I know who you're talking about. Do you guys buy this? (laughs) I believe that the people they polled actually believe this. There's a lot of really overly confident um, people. And those are, I mean, like, I... 
in like I think in every industry, but like specifically since they mentioned like the tech industry, like there's a lot. I think you have to have a certain level of confidence to kind of play with the big dogs、mm. over there. So I truly believe that those people think they're going to be millionaires. I just I don't know if like they know that it might not pan out as well as、yeah. they think. I don't think I'll become a millionaire. I hope to be successful in the long run, but、um, I don't. A, a million dollars is just and kind of an unthinkable amount of money for one person to have. And I guess mil- a million is a fun number to think about because, like, you wouldn't be set for life at say the young age of thirty, but you could pay off all your debt, buy a house or four. And just not really worry about the future. But so this inspired me to look up how many people in America actually are millionaires, and the number actually surprises me. Let's hear some guesses, though. How many how how many millionaires do you think there are in the country as of last year? Um, I'm gonna guess around the two million mark. I was gonna guess way lower. I was gonna say like twenty thousand. Um, I'll say a million. A million millionaires. It sounds poetic. Well, you're all about to be really disappointed. <laughs> There's fifteen million three hundred fifty-six thousand millionaires in the country. What? Jeez. <laughs> what? Now I'm starting to feel like it's more attainable now. Maybe all of these people <laughs>、right. read that report and they were like, "I could do it." It is too. kind of inspiring, isn't it? You could be one of those 15 million. 15 million—that's a lot of people. 15 million is a is a much、yeah. higher percentage than I would have thought. One point one million、yeah. of those millionaires were created in in the U.S. in 2017 alone. So there's another million happening this year. Let's hope. <laughs> Now, if、uh, you were to ask me if I believe that I would earn a million dollars over the course of my lifetime, probably. Yeah. But I will never have all that money at any one point. You, you won't、time. see it in a checking account. No, no, I don't. I don't think I'll get anywhere near that that number of zeros in my checking account ever. Uh, so there, there's a little inspiration. At least a lot of people in this country think they're going to become millionaires, and 15 million are. We also pulled the millennial audience on Twitter. We asked, "Do you expect you'll become a millionaire one day?" 18% said yes. 82% said no. Haley said to the 16% who answered yes, "What is your job?" and sign me the fuck up. <laughs> 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 I would, I would read a book about. Millionaires, and not like you know the business bankers. I want to hear from the average Joe who isn't so average, finance wise. There's got to be some inspiring stories out there. Uh, so uh, just at the tail end of this past week,、uh, comedian and podcaster Chris Hardwick was. The latest celebrity to be accused of misconduct allegations. His ex girlfriend came forward and noted that she suffered years of emotional and sexual abuse by his hand over the time that they were together for three years. And we're not going to dive too deep into this. And if you are a patron, I believe you can、uh, enjoy a longer discussion 
Uh, thanks to Lauren Andrew, who broke this down pretty thoroughly over there. But what we do want to talk about, since, uh, you know, sexual misconduct allegations are definitely not losing any steam. It seems like, you know, the Me Too movement is in full force and more and more people are coming forward and sharing their stories. And uh, we actually have a comment from one of the patrons here, and we wanted to introduce it as kind of a devil's advocate segment. And she talks a lot about, you know, whether or not we're too quick to crucify somebody right now in the current climate we're living in. So this is from Ashley, and she writes, This may be an unpopular opinion, but allegations are not convictions. I think we should absolutely take domestic violence and sexual assault accusations seriously. But I find the whole let's automatically fire him from everything the second an allegation comes out to be an overreaction. You say she has nothing to gain from this, but people do shit out of sheer pettiness and revenge all the time, especially when it's a celebrity or an athlete who can be taken down. It's happened before and careers have been ruined. I know it's hard to prove these things, and I don't have an answer for how to make sure all victims get justice and make sure false claims don't ruin lives. But I get an uncomfortable feeling in my gut every time there's such a swift and widespread reaction to these stories without investigation. How about AMC hires an independent group to view her evidence, interview people from Hardwick's past and present? If she has the damning evidence she claims she has, it wouldn't take them very long to be like, yeah, he's a jackass, fire him. Moreover, behaviors like this rarely come in isolation. An investigation would likely uncover other lovers or people who have been similarly abused. NPR's On Point recently let go a show's longtime host after some, not all, of the allegations brought against him were verified after several weeks of investigations. He was placed on administrative leave while the independent investigation took place. I guess I'm saying I wish something like that would take place before any major steps are taken. So what do you guys think about this? I agree. Yeah, that seems fair. I agree wholeheartedly. I think, and I mean, this was something that we kind of talked about in the Landy too, but um, I think one of the main things is to wait and see if this is a pattern because usually, um, you know, emotional, physical, sexual abuse tends to be a pattern. It's usually not a one and done thing. Um, so chances are if he is guilty of this, there will be other people who come out and corroborate um, this woman's story. But I agree with you. I think that probably the best thing that AMC can do at this point is hire an independent um, committee to come in and investigate this further to figure out what the best course of action is. Um, because even though false accusations are rare, we also don't want to uh, you know, make room for them to happen where, where at all possible. So I agree. And I will say too that like that this is something that I, I actually I'm not sure how closely you're following like the uh, misconduct allegations brought forth on the numerous celebrities that have come into the spotlight since you know the Weinstein gate happened. But like there have been instances in which people have been thoroughly investigated. Um, like uh, Netflix conducted an investigation against Kevin Spacey, and the same thing happened with Amazon with Jeffrey Tambor for Transparent. And um, E! News did the same thing with Ryan Seacrest. And I think it's not necessarily a matter of carrying out an investigation, more so whether or not like public perception will ever be the same of this person. So I guess what I'm saying is maybe that's the real question here. Well, yeah. So a ton of people were, I would say most people in my bubble 
were very quick to condemn him, to condemn Chris Hardwick. And I was one of those people because I think her story was very convincing. Um, Another thing about it is she said that her name is Chloe Dykstra. She said she has evidence that some of this stuff occurred, that this emotional abuse, this physical abuse occurred. Um, So to not challenge her, um, she said, quote, I have audio video that will support and improve many of the things I've stated in this post. I've chosen not to include it for your sake in the hopes that the person you've become will do the right thing. Now, Chris Hardwick did not do the right thing. I don't, I don't think. Um, he issued a statement denying everything that she said. So, you know, nobody has come to Chris Hardwick's defense, by the way. And this was actually a point I brought up in a reply to Ashley. I feel like if anybody was actually able to defend this guy, somebody might have said something by now. Of course, he's actually married, not to this woman. (laughs) Um, And I think if we ever heard from her, it'd be hard to take it seriously because his ex-girlfriend, who's accusing him of this stuff, is accusing him of being very controlling. So I don't think we'd ever actually be able to really know if his wife is being truthful or not. Um, and plus they're married, so she has to defend him. It would be super awkward too, because Lydia Hurst, who is his wife, yes, of Hurst, uh, publication fame, if anybody's wondering, um, I follow both of them on Instagram. I'm actually like, Andrew knows this. I have been a really big fan of Chris Hardwick for a very long time. I actually like really look up to, well, I mean now like I'm second guessing everything obviously, but you know, I, I just think it's, it's really cool to see like, um, how far he's come as somebody who's in podcasting. And also I really enjoy his interview style, um, which is, you know, something I've taken cues of as well. But um, back to like this point, specifically, Lydia Hurst has on social media, been an advocate for the Time's Up movement, mm. and repeatedly said that we need to hold people accountable and believe victims. So I, I think she's kind of like between a rock and a hard place right now, honestly, like barring marriage aside. Yeah. Because she's a public figure as well. She's a model and an actress. So for her to come out, either way, she kind of like loses. She either goes against her husband and doesn't stand by him as a person, somebody that she married, or she goes against past statements that she's made saying that we should always believe victims. Right. Mm-hmm. Plus, I believe she's pregnant right now. So that affects things as well. She can't necessarily divorce him and like completely separate. I mean, she can. But it's not easy. That wouldn't be easy. No, but I wouldn't imagine it would be easy to stay with somebody if it ends up being true that he did this. Yeah. So I think this is one of those scenarios where the, you know, the court of public opinion is going to have it say, um, statistically speaking, he probably did it just based on how these things pan out. That doesn't mean that he did necessarily. It's just the odds aren't really in his favor in this case. Mm -hmm. But also we have to remember the court of public opinion is not our justice system. Um, So we can't conflate the way that a private corporation decides how to handle this with like legal precedent and law because they are two very separate things. Mm -hmm. So 
Also, if it makes you feel better, I don't think he's been fired from AMC. I think they've just shelved his stuff. Right. So it's possible that they're investigating and we just don't they know. Sh- there hasn't been too much of They shelved his stuff. AMC no. said that it was Chris's idea to not do their panels at Comic-Con next month. So, mm-hmm. which is smart on yeah. this part. Mm-hmm. He he is a big part of AMC. They they definitely do need mm-hmm. to do an investigation. But personally, I'm inclined to believe her. Mark, I think you want to get a word in. Yeah, um it's one of those things where it sucks because even if this isn't true, which like as Laura said, statistically speaking it probably is, but even if it isn't, like once all these allegations are out there, like there are some people that that's just it. Like they're just kind of right. he's just kind of off their radar there which like i think that's kind of just the nature of being a star like when you get that big and millions of people know who you are like there could be people out there in theory that could just be like i want to just say things to ruin this person's you know this person's uh reputation and yeah. even if it's not true like it, it could still have an effect but that's kind of just how hollywood is like that's kind of the the price you pay for being known by millions and millions of people you know but i mean still if like the whole with the whole you know innocent till proven proven guilty is a thing for a reason so if he didn't do it and then they don't find anything and it turns out that i didn't have any have any bias then or have any basis then 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 great but you know from what she's saying if she has stuff saying that it all happened then i mean i mean it's kind of Writing's kind of on the wall at that point. I think it would take a really terrible person to make up all these things. If we're to believe mm-hmm. Chris, this is all made up. Um, I just can't see how somebody could decide years after the relationship to ruin somebody's life. Not just ruin their career, but ruin uh, many personal relationships. I mean, I see, I could never imagine doing that, but I can totally see somebody else doing that. Like, especially since we're living in a country now where we're literally separating kids from their families. Like if, if that's what's going on right now, I don't really hold much yeah. out of the realm of possibility for people nowadays. Like I'm like, I, I guess somebody but, could do that, you know, like, but I mean, I, still I, statistically, I don't see that. Like, I don't see that actually happening. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see I see Her. your point, but Chloe yeah. Dykstra, she's not Donald Trump. She's yeah, a yeah. Hollywood actress. Might she have an axe to grind against Chris? Yes. Yeah. A- and we'll see if that comes out. But again, I'm not seeing anybody come to Chris's defense. And yeah, Chris exactly. can't even defend himself other than saying it's not true. And that's another thing, too. Like, if it was completely off base, I would imagine there'd be... Like, if if people were like, hey, we saw Mark, you know kicking a puppy like there'd be a bunch of people like oh, well mark loves puppies so i don't know what that's about you know what i mean like it, it especially if you're a star i feel like there'd be so many people that you would have in your corner unless right. everyone hates you which would be hard to do too that right. somebody would say something you know right well yeah the same thing happened with amber heard and johnny depp even though mm-hmm. amber heard had photographic and video evidence of his abuse towards her Johnny Depp's 
ex-wife and then also a couple of former girlfriends came out and were defending him and saying he never did this to us so the fact that somebody who was a confirmed abuser had people come like in their corner trying to defend them and chris hardwick doesn't have anybody yeah it's kind of telling it looks pretty bad yeah also i just like really quickly just want to say that i feel like people like to toss around the innocent until proven guilty line towards people for whom like allegations have been made, you know, but I think we're very quick to forget sometimes that that kind of works both ways. So if you feel like, for example, Chris Hardwick is innocent until proven guilty, then that logic should also be applied to Chloe Dykstra because she should also be innocent until until proven guilty of lying. If you feel like maybe she's not being truthful, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. So what'll tell me if this is bullshit or not, is if Chris takes her to court. She's ruining his career if this is not true. So no. if she, if he doesn't go to court, then that means he believes there really is evidence. She really does have audio video evidence because that would come up during the trial and he would mm-hmm. lose. And it would have to be admitted pretty early. Well, they couldn't do any surprise like, hey, like we have this thing we've been holding on to the whole case. Like it would have to be admitted when the when the case started yeah you know so it'd be mm-hmm. they people would have it pretty early on and that would pretty much that'd be it right there so yeah i mean i think the really telling thing if it does go to court will be if he tries to settle privately mm-hmm. yeah because that, that that means yeah i did it but can we just not talk about it everybody sign an nda and i'll give you some money to shut up I think it would be him taking any to her her to court, not the other way around. Well, I, yeah, because it could happen. But no, but um, what I'm saying is, like, if they go to court, ultimately he could opt to settle, mm-hmm. even if he originally oh, is the I one see. that takes her. Okay, yeah, fair enough. All right, it's time now for a word from another one of our sponsors. Our next sponsor for this week's episode is Me Undies. We gays, we we tend to try out a bunch of different underwear in order to maximize sexiness. And I can tell you that me undies, they are the most comfortable undies I've ever owned. This is an episode of Advertisers at All. Make you feel comfortable. <laughs> That's really what they set out to accomplish, and they nailed it. They are made with a sustainably sourced material from beechwood trees. Their naturally soft fiber makes a fabric that won't sag down or ride up. These are three times softer than cotton. Trust me, once you put on a pair, you will get it. I have the briefs, and I swear, every time I put them on, I instantly feel better because they're so cozy. And not only are they comfortable, they're fun. They have so many cute designs available at MeUndies.com. They're adding new ones all the time. I was just checking out the website before recording. They've got this cool American flag pattern. I love wearing red, white, and blue stuff, so I might have to take that pattern to my undercarriage. And these will be delivered right to your door. This is one of those no-brainer deals because Me Undies is so sure you'll love your first pair that if you're not happy, they'll do whatever they can to get you into the right pair. And if they can't, keep them and they'll refund you. We've heard from some of our listeners too since since doing these ads. They're also loving them. This is a really great company. And if you're already part of the Me Undies fam, tell your friends about it through the referral program. They'll get a discount and you'll get store credit so you can go and buy more pairs. Have one, two pair for every day of the week. Let's get you a pair. First-time purchasers get 15% off their first pair of MeUndies. Get your butt over to MeUndies.com and treat yourself. 
Again, get 15% off your first pair and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. That's MeUndies.com slash M-I-L-L. The discount will be applied automatically at checkout if you use that special URL. Thank you, MeUndies. Love my butt. <laughs> it's game time, Laura. That's right. So since Trump has been cozying up with dictators lately, praising Kim Jong-un as a strong leader who loves his people, let's see if we can tell the difference between him and world tyrants anymore. So this message, by the way, is brought to you by the letter S for starvation, the tactic Kim Jong-un uses when he deliberately withholds food from his people, knowing they are weaker and less able to rise up against him when they're emaciated. Was that just a clip from Sesame Street? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So what's going to happen is I'm going to read you a quote. The quote was either said by a famous world dictator or Donald Trump. uh, And you have to pick which one said it. Is everyone on the same page? I'm ready. All right. Mm -hmm. So this first one, they must choose. It's up to them to decide whether they exist on this planet or not. Was this Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un? It sounds very grandiose. I'm going to go with Trump. I'm going to say Kitten Jong-un. Yeah, I'm going to say Kim, too. All right. Uh, Pam and Mark, you were correct. This was Kim Jong-un talking about Americans. (laughs) Talking about Americans? Yes. Oh, Oh, great. Why is he talking about us? (laughs) I take it back. Uh, Because up until recently, he hated us. Yeah, well, he can get off this planet. (laughs) yeah all right the next one the truth doesn't matter the truth changes all that matters is victory was this donald trump or adolf hitler (laughs) (laughs) trump definitely believes the truth changes but i don't remember him saying ever saying this so i'm gonna go with hitler yeah i'm going with hitler too i'm gonna say trump all right it was hitler yes good job guys Yes, thank you, Having said that, if we had changed the word victory to winning, would you have thought it was Trump? Yes. Yeah. All that matters is winning? Yeah, it's not that different. I don't think think victory is a little bit too big of a word for him. I know. It is a $2 (laughs) word. Yeah. (laughs) What's a $2 word? What does that mean? It just means it's a good word. Oh. It's a fancy word. All right, next one. Politics is when you say you're going to do one thing while intending to do another, but then you don't do what you said or what you intended. Was this Donald Trump or Saddam Hussein? (laughs) That thought was coherent the entire time, so I'm going to say Hussein. (laughs) I'm going to go with Hussein, too. I'm going to say Trump. All right, it was Saddam Hussein. I knew it. Well done, guys. (laughs) Trump cannot complete a thought. Just period. <laughs> well, neither can Saddam Hussein anymore. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> was it too soon? Ooh. We're all That's still okay. triggered because Saddam Hussein is dead? Okay. Um, <laughs> the very next one is, I don't think I've made mistakes. Every time someone tells me I've made a mistake, I turn Donald to the people Trump. and see that my popularity has only gone up. Was this Trump <laughs> Or Benito Mussolini. <laughs> Trump. Oh, my God. Def Trump. Yeah, Trump. Yeah. You're all Trump. correct. Well done. Oh, <laughs> oh. Oh. Was that the last one? 
No. I just, oh, damn. Just three more. <laughs> I was about to fix my mistake. I Next one. It that way. Ideas are even more powerful than guns, and we wouldn't let our enemies have guns, so why would we let them have ideas? Was this... <laughs> <laughs> was was this Trump or Joseph Stalin? Oh, um, I'm gonna say Trump this time. I'll say Stalin. I'll say Stalin. It was Stalin. Yes. <laughs> We're guessing different answers every time, but it's <laughs> playing right every time. Like you have a fifty-fifty shot. Yeah. So, all right, next one. Do not compare yourself to others. If you do, you are only insulting yourself. Was this Donald Trump or Adolf Hitler? I think that's Hitler. I'm going to say Trump in his hit book, The Art of the Deal. (laughs) It was Donald Trump. Good job, Andrew. All right. And then our final one. Whenever we show our military might, suddenly the whole country is engulfed in happiness and the people are inspired. Was this Donald Trump or Kim Jong-un? Hmm. Donald Trump. I'm going to say Un. I'll go with Trump this time. It was Kim Jong-un. Dang it. Good job, Pam. That was me. No, I'm oh, shit. Andrew. I'm sorry. <laughs> Look, I know. Sound sound sound. Sound. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying to give you all the credit, Pam. That's all it is. <laughs> women stick together on this That's right. Show. Women supporting right. women. <laughs> all right. And that's how you play uh, Donald Trump or Famous Dictator. <laughs> we love you dictators fuck this shit man (laughs) (laughs) all right and now for a word from one of our sponsors fab fit fun the fab fit fun summer editors box is now available fab fit fun is the seasonal subscription box for women to discover new products for a life well lived they deliver a box of full-sized fashion beauty home fitness and wellness products for just 49.99 a box the editors box is available for purchase in between seasonal boxes with newly discovered items and favorite items from past boxes. I really enjoy getting my boxes from FabFitFun. I always know that they're going to provide me with full-size products, many of which have individual values that are higher than the cost of the box itself. I'm a makeup addict, and they always manage to include something from one of my favorite brands, like Tarte. This summer, the editor's box includes the Yumi Kim train case, a Hava mineral hand cream, and the Spongel Papaya Yuzu boxed flower body wash infused buffer. It's a, it's a mouthful. Um, not all boxes are the same, so each box will come with a selection of the following. The Chorus Shower Gel in Japanese Rose, Ish Lip Statement Palette, Maji Sports Trigger Point Ball, Perlice Blue Lotus Balancing Moisturizer, and much more. Sign up for FabFitFun today to get your summer editor's box. Use our code MILLENNIAL to get $10 off your first box. Go to FabFitFun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well-lived. Use promo code MILLENNIAL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use our code MILLENNIAL, that's M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L, to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box You'll be glad you did. Send me that trigger point ball. I want that thing. Yeah, I need one too. (laughs) Summer is here and the time is right because Queer Eye is back on Netflix and I wanted to recommend it to everybody. Um, 
the first season of this new Queer Eye debuted earlier this year, I think, or late last year. And it immediately won everybody over. It's just one of those shows that you watch and you can't help but feel happy by the end of it. Um, and you're tearing up through much through pretty much every episode. It it really is surprising. Like I I don't have a soul. I lack emotion, and yet this show gets to me. Um, the cast is just absolutely phenomenal. Jonathan is fucking hilarious. He kills me every time. And of course, the internet has an obsession with Anthony. Um, everybody on the planet wants to bang him. Pam, you've been watching too, right? The new season. Oh my god, I love this show. Also, it's cheaper than therapy. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> I know. If if you're feeling down, you will definitely yeah. feel better by like, the end. Like you're this. gonna cry, but you'll be really happy at the end. I feel so whole after I watch. Queer Me too. Eye. Me it too. It makes me so happy. I love yeah. all of them. I want to be best friends with all of them. Yeah, I don't like Bobby. He could I know, be replaced. Bobby gets like the short. I mean, he's just not as exciting as everyone else, but that's okay because he comes. He's like the added bonus. You just get him free. Yeah, with the other. He's a redhead though, so there's a bunch of problems <laughs> I have with him. And it's that hat that he wears in season two <laughs> during the <laughs> confessional. It's like a. Can you not hat. believe it's tan approved? <laughs> nah, hell no! Those queer eye guys need to get to get to him and fix him up. <laughs> queer eye i have a question about this whole vouch for the pouch thing um yeah is this something i need to get for mark oh my god um i will say so my boyfriend fell for the the sponsored posts that anthony's been doing on instagram and uh he didn't like the underwear because it was too long he gave me a pair to try and i agree these this underwear is practically down to your knees i don't know why it's so long Hmm. so i actually would not vouch for the pouch Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, sorry, babe. <sighs> Guess you're not getting those special Anthony underwear. Yeah. Man. But go check out the pics of Anthony in them mm-hmm. because he's definitely hot in them. He's super hot. Yeah. I'm I don't know what the hell I'm doing wrong. Like I'm looking at pictures of Anthony in them and like they're they're like they look like briefs on him. Not boxer briefs. I don't care. Yeah, they it. look pretty short. Maybe yeah. he rolls them up. Anyway, Queer Eye Season 2 is on Netflix now. Each season is only eight episodes, so you, you got you to gotta move slowly. You don't want to burn through them too quick. You want to look forward to them. Uh, I wanted to recommend a product called Wonderside that I tried previously. Um, it is a natural bug spray that doesn't contain any like harsh chemicals or toxins, but still is also really effective at killing bugs. I got this because I have a dog and... I also just really dislike bug spray. Um, There are some people in my life who I won't be naming names, but when they see a bug, they spray literally half a can of Raid on the bug to kill it. Um, And I just don't really enjoy being poisoned. It's to teach (laughs) them a lesson, okay? They need to learn. (laughs) But I found this stuff. I, I just did some some Google research looking for natural pet safe bug sprays. And I found this stuff on Amazon. It's awesome. It comes in a variety of scents. Mine smells like peppermint. So not only are you killing the bugs, but you're also making your place smell good. And you don't have to worry about it being toxic for pets or kids or, you know, any other little creatures you may have wandering around the house that you don't want to kill. So, yeah, there you go. I've had a spider problem in my place recently. Maybe I'll try this. I really like it. I've had a caterpillar problem. 
because of all the rain that we've been oh. getting. I've just got fucking caterpillars. I'm like, where the fuck are you guys coming it's from? Such a but weird problem. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. I'm like, uh, it could be worse, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'd rather have caterpillars than cockroaches. That's yeah. true. But still, I don't want either. <laughs> Turn into beautiful butterflies already. Oh. I don't nope. think they're that kind of caterpillar. I've no. seen um I've seen uh before I wake. I'm not messing with that. I want a house full <laughs> of butterflies. By the way, apparently this stuff debuted on Shark Tank. Yeah, before. it did. I love Shark Tank. That's like my favorite show right now. It airs on CNBC like every night, and I just love tuning in and watching these weird products and the panelists are are awesome. You like watching people's dreams get wrecked because I feel like that's what happens most of the time. Not all the time. Isn't it every competition show? Like, look at American Idol. Same thing. Yeah. It's fun to see the cool ideas. And yeah, it's fun to see people people lose their (laughs) dreams. Also, Undercover Boss. That's another great show. Yeah. Anyway. um, Today in After Dark, we received a request to recommend some beers um we did a survey recently and somebody was like i think you guys should recommend beers so okay we're gonna recommend beers but pam i know you're not a beer girl so we're just gonna open it up to drinks in general cool thank you for Mm. taking me into consideration i appreciate you hell yeah we're also gonna talk about vacation shaming there's a bad trend in this country where we feel like we can't go on vacation or we shouldn't go on vacation, even though we might have the days available to us. And in fact, those days available to us are less than the days available in other countries. So we're going to talk about this terrible trend in this country. I'm, I fall victim to it, too, where people feel like they constantly need to work. And we have some uh, new, new research to back up what we're talking about here. And then finally, I am pleased to announce a summer special coming to After Dark. It's called Muggle Suck. We have received requests to hear the stories that we have always teased about the problems that we encountered on MuggleNet. And we're finally going to start revealing them. (laughs) We're going to do one per month until we run out of stories over on After Dark. And it's going to be fun. (laughs) We're going to spill that tea. (laughs) After all this this time. After all this time. (laughs) The tea will finally be spilled. So, <laughs> people want it, fine. Look, Fuck it, I don't care. the subscription alone if you're not uh, already a patron, I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, what's going to happen at this point? Is somebody going to come and yell at me? Whatever. I got the block button, bitch. I got <laughs> home security. I've got locks. <laughs> and I'm working on getting the gun right now. <laughs> In preparation for the fallout. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. It's bad, but not that bad. Anyway, that's all today on patreon.com slash millennial. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Mark. Goodbye, everybody. Take it away, Mr. Sessions. I don't recall, Annie. I don't recall it. I don't recall. Repeat that now. I don't recall, Annie. I don't recall it. I don't recall. Repeat that now. I don't recall that. I have racked my brain and I don't recall it. And it's conceivable that that occurred. I don't remember that it did. Repeat that now. Nor do I recall, do not have recollection, do not remember it. So my question is, what? Nor do I recall, do not have recollection, do not remember it. Not able to uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous. Camelot! <laughs>